This sermon is titled Daily Devotion The Consecrated Life and the Practice of His Presence Part 2 Be enriched as you listen Good morning church Are we all glad to be here in the house of God and maybe you could give each other a smile and tell the other person how glad you are to see them shake a hand a high five and welcome to all of those who've tuned in um to the live streaming we're glad that you could join us so last week we started on a new topic on daily devotion so grab your neighbor and say get ready for the journey and i mean that so we did share the last week pastor ashish had shared about some practical ways of how we spend time with god and what what how we could live a life of constant devotion to god and there were certain aspects that we looked into um we looked at six practical how tos and we trust and hope that the last week has been a good journey of your personal devotion with god amen yes i'm not sh- asking for a show of hands but i trust we've we've been faithful in doing what god wants us to do to have a personal devotional life with him so the six um points that we spoke about and i'll just quickly go through that those six practices the first one was confession cleansing casting cares aside being at a time of thanksgiving and worship uh prayer where we talk to god where we commune with god we pray in tongues we specifically inter- uh, intercede for certain matters for confession of the word to memorize scripture and also to do a meditative bible reading um we did a short practice the last time and i'm sure that was very useful for us um as we did that last week and uh, trust that you've been able to carry it on so what we did mention at the end of that sermon was that our daily devotion is not just bound to a certain time of day or a certain time of a place it's not just for that time only so our time with god doesn't just end with those disciplined times in in a day or at a place or what we do although that's an important practice it's a discipline that we need to continue to engage in there is a lot more to it and that's what we want to look at today so there's there are two aspects of it that we're looking at which is to live a consecrated life or have a consecrated lifestyle and to be aware or to be conscious about the presence of god so it's not only about doing something but it's also about being it's not just what we do but it is our being and so our daily devotion is lived through a consecrated lifestyle and a conscious awareness of him a practice of his presence throughout our day throughout 
the time that we are aware and conscious. So this is what we will be looking at today, these two aspects of the consecrated lifestyle and the practice of God's presence. So before we move into that, let's quickly look at what does consecrated life mean? What is the meaning of a consecrated life? So a consecrated life is that which is declared sacred to God. It's a life that we live which is set apart, something that is kept apart for God. Or it's a means to dedicate and devote to God. It's being sold out uh, at your devotion to God. You know, there may be things that you are sold out for, maybe something that you love to do or something that you want to create, you're sold out to do that. And that's what it's called. Consecration is you're sold out to follow God, to devote yourself to God. It's also a separation or a detachment from things that are un unholy and devoted and declared holy. So, so you separate from something that is unclean, that is unholy, and dedicate it to that which is holy. So being consecrated is a very critical component in our relationship with God. Being set apart, being holy is critical as we connect and as we relate to God. So as believers, we're not exempt. Each of us are called to consecration. So none of us here can close our eyes and say, okay, this is not for me, this is for the pastoral team, or this is for the ministry leaders. This is for each one of us, a consecrated life. Okay, so no excuse to sleep through the next 30 minutes. Okay, we live a life of consecration. We are called. So what does that mean? It is laying down our agendas and taking on what is God's, the agenda of God, or God's will, or his desire. It's laying our, whatever we have in our mind of how things should go, it's laying that down and taking what's God's. And we see the example of Jesus, how he lived. And the way that he lived, um, being in the center of the will of God the Father. So all that he did, the, the focus that Jesus had was to do the will of the Father. So let's look together at a scripture and let's read this verse. So in this verse, Jesus is speaking about his standing or his relationship with God the Father. So let's turn to John chapter 8, verse 29. Let's all read it together. We're in church, and this is, a, this is a great way to learn a verse too, okay? So let's read it together. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. So let's break this verse into two and look at the two important aspects on how Jesus lived, on the way that Jesus lived his life while he was on the earth. So the first, he says, he who sent me is with me. He's talking about the father who sent him is with him. The father has not left me alone. 
this shows or he was this shows that jesus was always aware and conscious about the presence of god he knew that god the father was with him at all times at all day at all times he was with him jesus tells of the presence of god in this first verse and we will look at this a little later down the line the second aspect of it is there in the second part of the verse which says i always do those things that please him i always do those things that please him which shows us that jesus was always living a life that was consecrated to the father a life that pleased the father you know we we see we read in scripture he says this is my son i'm pleased with him you we we see that when jesus was being baptized the desire to please god was the most dominant focus that jesus had and this is what we as believers are called to do a life of daily devotion which is a consecrated life so let's look at that first and we'll go into the awareness of his presence after that so a life of daily devotion should be a life that is consecrated and just not kept for the things that we do so to live that consecrated life we need to live holy as well as be pleasing to god the father so in in other words it says to live a consecrated life is to delight in the heart of god you know um for that, those of us who are parents when your kids do something nice for you 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 find a sense of delight right i'm yes parents can i have a nod yes the, the sense that okay my kid has done this for me and you just delight in the fact that they did it for me now just before i came here my son held my hand and said amma i'm praying for you you know it's a delight to to see that so that's that's how god sees us when we live a consecrated life he looks at us with delight now how what do we do to live a consecrated life means to make a deliberate choice it just doesn't happen it's a commitment that we do it's a decision that we take we make a choice to live holy to be set apart for god to do what is pleasing god it is not just happenstance it just doesn't come as a coincidence it's something that happens as a daily commitment to him you know think of um, if any of you all uh, teach in schools if you all are teachers or maybe you all have been a child like this when you were a kid you know those children who like to please the teachers you know they go they clean the desk of the teacher before the teacher comes they put a rose there and they maybe put a water bottle ensure the teacher has all the all the tools and with the beck of a call that child comes running right that's that's what that's what delight is and if if you see, you know even when you look at that example it's a readiness to do what pleases the teacher and that's what as believers we are called to do the readiness to just please the heart of god and so think of our lives as uh, how how do we please him is 
in a way such as that. So if we are to please him, we cannot be entangled by the different things of the world. We can't um, have a focus on that which takes us away from God. So in, in uh, 2 Timothy 2.4, you know, it's like it. It says, you know, it's like a soldier who's on active duty. A soldier who's on active duty uh, who wants to please his commanding officer. He can't be entangled with the things of his civilian life. He can't take a break for two, two weeks and say, you know, I want to go and just, just do, uh, break the law. No, you are called to live a life that pleases. So, so just like that, God wants us to please him. And when we, when we please him, we are showing God that we revere him, that we fear him, that we worship him. So having a consecrated life would mean that. And Paul explains this in, in the verses in Ephesians 5, 8 to 10. Let me read that out. For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So what's the Apostle Paul saying over here? He's explaining that we our light. We have been called out of darkness and we are called, what are we called? The children of light. We are called the children of light and we belong to God. So as children of light, we belong to God. So when we walk in the light, when we are children of God, we walk in the light and we walk, when we walk in the light, we are producing that which is good, which is right, which is truth, and that which is pleasing to the Lord. So when we walk in the light, we want to please God, and we demonstrate good, we demonstrate righteousness, and we demonstrate truth. So one of the keys, a key to walking as, a chil as the children of light is to find out what pleases the Lord. So when, when you walk in a relationship, when you are in a relationship with somebody you really love, you want to know what pleases them. So when we, when we are in a relationship with God, when God has called us out to enjoy that communion with him, we need to know what pleases the Lord. Yes? Amen? So... What we do when we please the Lord is to be consecrated to God in all things and at all times. In all things and at all times. So our goal is to be consecrated in all things at all times to the Lord. And let's unpack that a little bit. Okay, now this is going to get a little hot here now. Okay, this is where the journey is a little, little bumpy but we'll all get there. So what are these all the time, all, always and all times, and what are we looking at? Is number one, to be consecrated in our thoughts. Now our thoughts are very private to each of us. 
We may be sitting right here, but we are miles away, right? Or we're thinking about something else, or we may be sitting near somebody, you know, who've, who we've had a bad word with, and, and it's churning in our thoughts. But God calls us to be consecrated in our thoughts, and he says, by not conforming to the pattern of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God's probably calling you and say, okay, shouldn't you be having a sense of love to this brother or sister sitting next to you, right? Or, you know, maybe you're, you had an argument with your spouse in the morning. and said, not fair. How could he do that? He's always like that, right? God's saying, consecrate your thoughts. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transformed by the renewing of a mind. And you say, Lord, help me to change this. Help me to love. Help me to see my spouse, my children differently today. So consecrating, being consecrated in your thoughts. Yes, speaking to us. Okay, next one. Consecrated in our desires. It is to align our desires our affections to what pleases God. Everything that we want or we feel we're entitled to that should be ours, going back and say, God, is this what is your desire and your will for me? So being consecrated in our desires. Consecrated in our appetites. Our appetites are those longings of our soul, the things that we, we deeply wish and want, right? So asking the Lord and saying, God, you know, purify that, cleanse that for me, whatever that longing is. It's because, you know, when, when in counseling rooms, these, the, the, um, this comes up very often, the longing of the soul. What is your inner longing? And, you know, when, when people go through struggles, that's one thing that we try to get the person to see, to identify where is a struggle coming from? What is the longing of the heart that leads them to a problem? So consecrated next, in your motives, the intents that we have, the motivation that we have in doing things, right? So what is our intent? Even maybe when we're talking to people, we may, have, we, we, we may have an intent that we put out, but we may have a very different intent inside, right? And it can come through sarcasm, it can come through manipulation, but being consecrated in the intent. Consecrated in our choices, making choices that glorify God. We, we sang about be glorified in our lives, in our homes, in our world. And it matters the choices that we make because there, are, there is a world that's watching and God desires that we make choices that glorify him. Consecrated in our words. Right? Sometimes our language, it may not always be the language, we may be very prim and proper in our language, but the essence of our communication sometimes can be, can be very, very cutting. So being consecrated in our words. And lastly, consecrated in our actions, where we are being set apart 
in our behavior. So if you look at that list, you know, it comes from within to outside, your thoughts, your motives, your, your affections, your desires, your choices, and then your behavior. Right? So out of the, the heart is the wellspring of life. So the Lord wants a consecrated heart. The Lord wants a consecrated thought so that we behave and, and, and our actions bring him glory. Amen. So are we all here together? Yeah, so in all things and at all times, let's begin to use this checkpoint, asking ourselves, is this good? Is it right? Is this truth? And does it please my God? So every time I'm scrolling on my phone, I ask these four questions. Is it good? Is it right? Is it pleasing to my God? Maybe I'm talking to somebody and uh, someone's cut me off. And I say, is it good? Is it pleasing to the Lord? Is it right? Is it truth? Maybe nobody's watching, but that's what God desires. He's delighting in a heart that is consecrated, that is holy. Like I was saying in the morning service, you know, often when you drive in Bangalore, consecration is not first on your mind. And, and my children often, you know, give me glares when I snap with something. But then I realize that, you know, that's a place God wants me consecrated to. Even the way that I look at a driver who cuts me off or someone who's crossing the street or, you know, someone who's going zigzag, that they are made in the image of God. And I am to love them, no matter if they cut me off. Right, so being consecrated and, and being aware of this in all, in, in the way that we live is something that delights God. It, it's, it's telling God, hey, you know, this person is thinking of me and how she or he can please me at all points of the day. Whether it's a small thing or whether it's something large, you have people watching you, or you have nobody watching you, you're sitting in your room, it's something that delights the heart of God. There is also this one very important private and personal area of our lives that we must set apart, which is to consecrate our sexual appetites. So we realize that this is an area of challenge for all of us, because in the time and the world we live in, everything is available by the click of a button. It's all there. Or you just walk out in the streets, you have lots of things to keep your mind away. We're, we're being thrown with information that could, in a second, move us away from what God has designed for us. So God is the one who's designed our sexual appetites and our desires, but he desires purity as well. God's not a killjoy. He's created it in a space that is holy, in a space where it needs to be enjoyed within marriage, with a spouse. But something beyond that becomes a violation to his desire, his heart, and that becomes a perversion. 
So being consecrated in that area is something that we need to be extremely careful about. Because the body in which you dwell, if this is news to you, this is not yours. It's not yours. It's simply the Lord's. You can't do with it as you please. All right? And God's bought this body that you house with a very, very precious price by the blood of Jesus. And so our body needs to glorify God. We need to glorify God in our bodies. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, 4 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you please, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So God gave us a clear instruction on the exercise and how we satisfy our sexual desire. Not immorally, but only in ways that please him. So anything, anything that is, moves away from, from that which honors God or pleases God is a perversion. So being consecrated in all areas of our lives Asking those three questions. What's the questions? Is it good? Is it right? Is it true? And does it please the Lord? Four questions. Okay. Psalms 4 verse 3 it talks about how God delights in the consecrated life. Psalm 4 verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly, the Lord will hear when I call to him. So what does it say? When we choose to do things according to God, we are declaring that we are gods and gods alone. So when we choose to live a consecrated life, it says he sets us apart for himself. He keeps us for himself. Right? It's like uh, the example, the same example I brought about, about the teacher who delights in children who are obedient. You know, they're the ones who are given more and more responsibilities. Right? They they, the, the teacher delights in them. So God delights when we do things according to God. When we choose to live a life that is consecrated and holy, he sets us apart as his own. For himself. And look at what the word say, verse says after that. The Lord will hear when we call to him. So when he sets us apart, when we are godly, when we're consecrated, he's there to hear you when you call. He's there to answer you whenever you, would, you, you want him to. So God looks at us that way. All right? So that's our first practice, to be able to live that consecrated life. So let's Seriously take this, because once we really look into our own lives and, and set ourselves apart, we'll begin to see that our relationship with God is so much more beautiful. It's so much more 
lovely. It's, it's pleasant. It's, it's a communion that you can have. You don't go in front of God all moping and you know, upset about what's happening when you keep yourself consecrated in God. Let's look at the second one. It's the practice of his presence, the practice of his presence. So another aspect of a life of daily devotion is to practice the presence of God at all times. So what does this mean? It means that we are always conscious that God is present here with us. The fact that God is with us at all times, you are conscious and you are aware of it. Now that again, consciousness and awareness comes again as a choice, again as something that you do to shake yourself out from whatever you're thinking or wherever you are and coming to that place of awareness. You know, when you study and you begin to daydream, you know the, you know the thought of saying, out, I need to get back to what I'm doing, right? You'll know that thought, right? Or when you're working, you're getting distracted and say, okay, focus, 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 focus. Right? It's, it's a similar practice to be aware about the presence of God. So practicing the presence of God is like a spiritual exercise. We spoke about some part of it yesterday, you know, pastor was saying that for those of us who go to the gym, one day you may not feel like going, going for a walk, you don't feel like it, but you, nevertheless, you just do it. You just do it, you just go ahead and do it and then you find that you, you're you know, halfway through it. Similarly, uh, being conscious about the presence of God is an exercise. It's a spiritual exercise where you continue to remain focused consciously and intentionally. So, you know, this morning when I was driving alone, I, I, I said, God, I want to put that into practice. And I said, okay, while I was driving the car, I said, God, you're sitting here right now, here on, 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 my, on the side of my seat. I said, no, you're not sitting there. You're on the driver's seat, right? So it's just the awareness that God is with you at all times, wherever you are. So it's, it's at your workplace. You're probably, probably taking a presentation. He's standing right here with you. He's giving you the words. And the more that you're conscious of doing that, the more more blessed it becomes. Or you're having, you know, you're cooking, you're sweating and cooking, you're saying, well, there's nobody here. Uh, women, I know, I, I, I know you'll, um, you're with me in this. You know, there's nobody, nobody watches, nobody's there. It's like God saying, my presence is with you. I'm here with you. I'm here in this sweat and in this dirt that you're in. I'm there with you. So it's just being conscious about the presence of God and just enjoying the presence of God. You know, you, you know when, when you are in the presence of somebody you really appreciate, you really like being, how much that communion is. So much more when God is there with you. And, it, and you don't have to call on the presence of God. He is there, right there with you. He's promised, I am with you wherever you go call on me and I will answer you. Fear not, I'm here with you. I mean, the promises are over and over again, but he is there. So what's, what is the practice? Practice is this, making a habit of it. So every time from the moment you wake up till you sleep, practice it. God, you're here. You're right here. You're here when I'm going for a walk. You're here when, when I'm cooking. You're here when I'm getting ready to go. You're here when I'm upset with what somebody said. You're here. So enjoy the presence of God. 
It's, it's a wonderful thing to come to that place. So whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, call on the presence of God. Be aware of the presence of God. Now, even if, like you're studying, you daydream, you go somewhere else, it's okay. Don't beat yourself. Come back. Peacefully come back into enjoying the presence of God. He's waiting. He's there. And he knows. When we sidetrack, when we move off, he's there. Right? Because when we are aware of the presence of God, it, it will begin to dawn on us when things are not, when we are attempting things that are unholy. Right? God will, God will uh, bring out his word in us and move us to a place of setting ourselves apart from it. So that's a daily conscious experience we have. So practice it. So lo the Lord stated that in John 8, 29. He said, he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. So the Lord Jesus also promised to be with us always in Matthew um, 28, 19 to 20 at the Great Commission. We read that. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. There is no abandoning in God. There is no desertion in God. God's not going to abandon. That may be your experience in, uh, you know, in the world, but he promises that he will be with you always, every day, all time, all night, all day. He watches over you when you sleep. So there isn't, he doesn't abandon us. He doesn't let us alone. The psalmist also stated it like this in Psalm 16, 8. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. In the Good News Bible, it reads like this. I am always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. You see how the psalmist knew something, you know, even before the word of God was out, you know, even, even what Jesus has written. He knew that. He said, the Lord is with me. He's fully aware of the presence of God. And the beauty of this truth is same for you and me today. That he is with us Always. And so much, I mean, look at the end of that verse. It says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Meaning that no matter what happens, when we are aware of the Lord's presence, nothing can move us out of course. Nothing can make us slip because he is with us. In our faith, as we consecrate ourselves to him, he is with us. He will not cause us to be moved. Amen. May I just request the worship team to come up? So we can never, ever escape the presence of God. He is present everywhere. He's there even before you are there. Wherever you're going today, tomorrow, he's already there. There is no time or dimension for the Lord. He's already there. He's seen it all. So let's be aware of, that, of the presence of God. 
Just a couple more of scriptures and verses to bring our attention to the omnipresence and, and to the uh, omniscience of God, the all-knowing power and all-knowing uh, God that we have, the ever-present God that we have. Psalm 139.7 says, Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? David considered this truth of God and said that, you know, God is present everywhere and there is no corner or dimension that you can hide. You can't hide anywhere. Right? In, in, that, in, in the psalm, it talks about whether I go to the depths or whether I go to the depths of the sea or whether I climb the highest mountain. God is there. He has promised that his presence will be there. The eyes of the Lord, Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. You are always under the vision of God. God's watching you. You are under his eye. And even though there are human eyes that don't see you, God is watching over you. In the 1990s, you know, there was an acronym for all of us who were youth in the 1990s. That's a long time ago. There was an acronym WWJD. What would Jesus do? Right, and it came from uh, a subtitle of a book, In His Steps, What Would Jesus Do? That was written by Charles Sheldon in 1897. He later produced a film in 1964. I remember in my youth days, we had a theme song for our Sunday school camp, WWJD. And that should be a motto for us to keep us aligned to what God desires of us, to keep us aware of the presence of God no matter what we do. So what would I do if Jesus was standing right here? When you're in your moments at home, at work, driving back, WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would I do if Jesus was right here? Those questions, is it good? Is it right? Is it truth? And am I pleasing to the Lord? So our life of daily devotion is lived out through a consecrated life and the practice of his presence. Can we all stand and let's respond to what we've heard. We'll take some time to worship. And as we worship, I want to encourage you all to be conscious about the presence of God. If you need to just close your eyes and just shut down, shut off everybody around you, every thought that's there, and just focus on this thing. God, you are here right now with me. And I believe that you will experience a tangible presence of the Lord. The more you're conscious of it, the more you're aware of it, it may be through a deep embrace, it may be through a hold, it may be through something he's showing you, something he's calming you, or just a sense of serenity and calmness in being in the presence of God. So as we worship, let's take some time to just be conscious 
about his awareness. Let's practice his presence with us.
adore Lord it's in you so joyfully with all my heart I will give you myself oh God and Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you alone every breath that I take read a verse that's in Jeremiah 23 verses 23 and 24 it says am I a God who is only in one place and cannot see what they're doing can anyone hide from me am I not everywhere in all of heaven and earth You know, this question is not one to make us feel a sense of shame, but it's an invitation that says, I'm a God who sees everything. You can't hide from me. I'm a God of heaven and earth. I'm everywhere. And that's, for me, it's such a dear statement that my God says, Gene, you can't hide from me. You come back to me. It's an invitation. It's a call. It's a, it's a love call. And the Lord says, come, come with, with whatever is there. Unconsecrated, come and lay it before me. Because he's given each of us his Holy Spirit, the empowering, the equipping to live a life that is blameless and holy. It's not something you and I need to do of our own. He calls each one of us. And he's giving you a love call today. He's saying, a life of devotion is a life set apart for me. And God, we come to you, Lord, each one of us standing here. Lord, we represent different things in our lives that still need an alignment to you. And God, we place it before you and say, Lord, take it, we repent, and bring us back to you into the Father's arms. Lord, to live a life that is pleasing to you, to delight your heart. To see you, God, be delighted 
to show us God your delight and say well done well done my child and God we come and I commit each person standing here today Lord even as we lift up we raise unto you God things that are broken in our lives things that no human eye may see we bring to you and pray father we ask lord that you consecrate us we set we set this part of our lives apart for you we devote it to you we dedicate it to you thank you thank you god that you want all of us everything of us thank you god lord and we just take this moment to feel your presence to be aware of your presence right now and god holy spirit i pray that you will tangibly make yourself real to every person sitting in this room watching us going to hear it at another point of time years later maybe father that they will experience the tangible touch of god that they will know that the lord is there closer than our own breaths that our own skin father you are there with us lord god we desire to to build our relationship with you father by just practicing your presence just being aware consciously father as we go out today lord back to the routine to the mundane father we ask that you retrack us you bring us back into your presence minute by minute moment by moment second by second lord so we can just feel and experience that beautiful intimacy with you that's where lord our quiet times need to be holy devoted consecrated feeling your presence thank you god thank you jesus Lord and because you're present here Lord we just bring before you Lord the needs of our people here Lord we pray God for issues of health Lord those with difficult health conditions with lifestyle diseases Lord these are just names but we have a God and a name that is higher greater bigger than anything else god and lord we speak your name over every condition that's being represented in this room we speak it lord we speak your name and we pray god we rebuke it we ask it to leave in jesus name whether it be arthritis whether it be diabetes whether it's hypertension whether it's cancer whether it's anything to do with your internal organs we come against it in Jesus name because the presence of the lord can cannot have anything that is dark here with us because your presence is light thank you thank you god for healing lord we just speak over the situations of people lord there may be people here father who are going through significant financial struggles lord you are a god who is our treasury father and god from where from what you have god you we know you provide and i pray that you meet every person's need 
Lord, we pray, God, for those who are battling difficult situations year after year after year. It's not going away. That, that hold seems strong. Lord, in the power of your grip, God, we loosen everything that stayed as an addiction in this room. Lord, may your people be free. Your people, God, experience freedom in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we speak over relationships. Lord, difficulties, Lord, in relationships. Resentment, Lord, anger, bickering, Father. Lord, we speak the peace of God that passes all understanding. May all that is not from you melt away, God. And may there be a unity of love and peace in our homes. God, and most of all, we pray for each of us standing here that our devotion to be you, to you, God, would be whole, would be a delight in your eyes. Thank you, God. Thank you for hearing our prayer, Lord. Thank you, God. To you be glory, to you be honor. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I also just want to take this time to give an invitation to anyone who would like to make a commitment to God, to want to call God into your life. You know, you've been hearing about intimacy and relationship. It comes when you repent, when you come forth to God and lay yourself and say, Lord, I am a sinner and I choose you today. I want you today to take over my life. You be the Lord of my life. All that I've heard today, God, I know can, can change when you are there. So I'm, I'm bringing that invitation to you. It's your decision to take. And I'm just going to lead you through a simple prayer. And if you'd like to say that with me, please do so. Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. I know that you laid down your life for me to take away my sin so that I have freedom, so that I have new life. I pray that you come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, and may I live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anyone who made this prayer today? This is not to call you out or embarrass you but uh, just to pray with you and give you certain resources that could help you through your journey. Is there anyone who said this prayer? You could just lift your hands and we'd be glad and joyful to rejoice with you. Anybody? Okay, I don't see any hands here. If there's anyone over the live streaming, um, if you've made a decision, please do write your names on the live chat and there'll be people who can support and help you through your journey. Let's just take this time to close with a benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. 
For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.